0: Hi everybody, this is Christopher and you're listening to Finding Japan, episode 59. Well, how are you all doing? Uh, It's been a while, but I'm going to skip the whole apology thing because no one's really paying me to do this, so there you go. How are you all doing? I hope you're all doing well. I hope uh, the month off has given everybody a chance to catch up on episodes. I know there are quite a few people, actually, who have been writing in saying that they um, are still going through some of the back episodes. So maybe now we're all in the same ship now, and all of my references to past episodes will actually make some kind of sense. It is, when, when is it? It is Tuesday, March 11th. In the evening, it's been, I think, exactly a month since I've done a podcast. I'm going to look right now. It's been so long. No, it's been a little less than a month. Last episode was February 16th, where we uh, went over to Tokyo Hands and um, bought some laundry material. Specifically, I posted a small picture of uh, the laundry setup, and it's since changed. I've bought quite a few hangers. Um, One of the things that uh, you probably know now is that uh, the lovely Linda has arrived. And as a result, we've basically doubled the amount of clothes that we have. So now doing laundry is is a little more tricky. But uh, we have one sort of rack that handles just socks and small things with clips. And then there's another rack here now that uh, holds, I think, about 10 shirts or so. So we can pretty much do one whole thing of laundry at once. But that's not what you're here to listen about listen to laundry anyway um i'm going to give you a brief update of what's been going on some of the events that have occurred in the past and uh that way maybe if i get through some of my pictures they'll make more sense as i post those up there and uh i'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the new listeners that are listening and uh, i'm going to go through the blog comments as well and talk about a few projects that have been keeping me distracted and then we're going to end off with a uh drink review of uh, some Kamakura beer that Alex and I had done, uh, I think it was about a month ago, but um, it's kind of interesting, so anyway, here we go. So what's new? What's exciting? Well, um, as I said before, Linda have, has arrived, and uh, that's been completely awesome. Uh, it's actually been kind of weird, and, and part of the reason why I think that I haven't podcasted is just because I'm, I'm not used to... It, it's one thing to sort of do it in public where nobody knows you, but it's another thing, I think, to do it when uh, there's someone sitting next to you right now. But she's got headphones in, so I don't think she can hear me. She's, she's watching television, looking for some movies. But, um... I know San had been uh, uh, busting my balls there for a little bit about about her, but, uh, no, it, it's really true. It's all been uh, basically me being so busy that has uh, kept me from podcasting, and uh, she's been nothing but encouraging. So hopefully there will be some more coming out as long as I can get my act together, and uh, that's that. But, yes, living uh, with Linda now is just awesome. Uh, it's just I didn't realize how much I missed her until... She actually came here and started spending uh, more than just a month with me like she did last time this past summer. Um, I've also started working again full-time, and uh, that's been great. Um, work Working full-time and not having to commute to school is really kind of making life easier. and The days go by much faster, so that's been really good. But uh, I just received a message from my friend, Saya, on my last FM account, and she said, uh, all work and no play uh, and no podcasting makes me a really boring Unko Puri Puri-chan. So I'm going to try not to be an Unko Puri Puri-chan and uh, get some more podcasting done. Speaking of Saya, we went to um, Ikegami Bain, which is down near Kamata, to go check out the plum blossoms. And that was really cool. I never realized that the plum blossoms here uh, actually bloom quite earlier than the cherry blossoms but uh now that i know that and now that you know that if you're ever in japan in I say very late february probably early march go check out the plum blossoms um maybe mayhaps if i can get my camera out probably not um i'll go ahead and post some of those pictures soon um let's see i also or we also met up with scott and Karamoon last weekend down in uh, Shinjuku for the uh, Tokyo 2600 meeting. We had a great time uh, just sort of chit-chatting. And uh, I was kind of realizing that it's it's nice to meet and really make some strong connections with people um, coming from literally across the globe and being able to go ahead and uh, meet up with people and have something uh, sort of regular, you know, where you can actually start building a friendship with someone, it's kind of nice. And uh, we're both sort of talking about that uh, afterwards. And uh, I don't know, that was was really good. We talked a lot about uh, technology and politics and uh, just a wide variety of subjects. And Karamoon had a great zine. I forget the name of it, but it had to do with, um, what was it, urban, I'm going to call it like urban spelunking or basically going into areas that you're not supposed to steam tunnels and climbing tall buildings and things like that looked really interesting and hopefully uh if he's listening he can post a comment to that to that zine um i'm sure there have been many many other things that have happened since then but um suffice it to say that it's it's all pretty difficult to remember after about a month or so um we've had quite a few new listeners lately I wanted to say hi to a few of them here, but uh, in doing so, I think... Actually, no, we'll say hi to them first. There's a new listener by the name of Dennis uh, who commented on the uh, episode 58 who said that uh, he just found and subscribed to the podcast and he enjoys it and reminds him of when he was in Tokyo. He loves hearing the sound. I've gotten quite a few comments on the uh, sound seeing tour, so hopefully get to do more of those sometime soon but one of the things we really got to get through people here is all this unused audio that i have i have a folder here just full of unused audio that we got to get through and uh, we'll start doing some of that later today but to dennis welcome i hope you enjoy the podcast and hopefully uh, we make it somewhat interesting Uh, i also wanted to uh, welcome uh, takita-san who is uh, Tenmaru on the boards here, and uh, she's given me some great information uh, about a a place to eat in Kobe, which she posted on episode 58, and um, a brief explanation about uh, Hinamatsuri Ningyo. And she talks about the different types of dolls uh, and the meaning behind the dolls and how many dolls and how they're arranged on her comment that she posted March 4th. So go check that out. If you can read Japanese, um, I will soon respond to her. And uh, to Takita-san, hopefully she enjoys listening to me sort of speak in English all the time and not really speak much Japanese. So again, welcome Dennis and Takita-san. To the podcast listeners, and uh, for everybody else who doesn't comment but uh, I know listens because there are many more downloads than there are comments, welcome. And to the biggest Whalers fan in New Zealand, San, this podcast goes out to you. I think it was Scott Lockman who posted something recently to his uh, podcast talking about how his head was going to explode from thinking about too many projects. Well, one of the reasons why it's been difficult difficult for me to sit down and podcast is I've been in the exact same boat. Um, I've had quite a bit going on at work, but on top of that, I've managed to come up with two different projects that I want to get started on. Both are pretty complicated um, and involve programming which I haven't done in many many years but um, I I won't bore you with the very specific details but suffice it to say that it's one of these things where it requires a lot of learning and I think what I'm ending up doing is starting multi-year efforts here that need to be sort of splayed out and chopped up into tiny bits so as I'm learning to do that uh, I'm also learning to divide up my time a little better the four-hour sort of strategy that I talked about last time has actually been paying off. It's been keeping me a little more balanced and been finding that uh, I've had much more time to respond to people and to um, spend time with with people that I care about and actually go out and do things instead of sitting in front of the computer all the time. So that has been good, but um, when you start adding all these different projects oh, going back to that episode japan makes you busy it really does so uh japan makes me makes me extremely busy but i guess it can also really give you a lot to learn about time management ah but anyway um yeah there's been a lot of stuff r- in regard to that um specifically to finance related project uh to try to figure out how better to invest but it basically amounts to me trying to (laughs) educate myself. Um, For those of you who haven't been paying much attention to markets, um, one of the things I I did want to talk about briefly, and I think, I I guess this could be somewhat responsible for kicking off this whole endeavor, is um, if you're living in the United States, you're certainly in tune with what's going on with uh, some of the economic problems, uh, specifically in the credit markets. And uh, as a result, we're seeing, you know, a lot of fallout economically in world markets. And it occurred to me the other day, I did a little price experiment, that uh, the price of do toru coffee for me has gone up approximately, I think it was 23%. Now, let me explain. When I arrived in Japan, a M-size uh, blend coffee was, I think, 230 yen. Well, just recently, within the last week, I believe, it's gone up to 250 yen now 20 yen is really not that much when it comes down to it but combine it with the fact that i think the exchange rate was somewhere in the 118 range 119 yen per dollar and is now hovering somewhere around 102 or 103 at the time of this recording actually i think it's more around 101 it uh, you take those two factors combined, and the uh, price of coffee went up extremely. So now, um, at the at the moment, I'm using the uh, was it the uh, Flavia machine in the office, and I think I'm even going to start downgrading to the uh, coffee vending machine that sort of makes it on the fly and spits out a little bit in a 50 yen cup. So, yeah, the the, the coffee issue is uh, kind of depressing actually, because Dol is still uh, my favorite set of coffee. Ah, so, I guess one of the things you learn being here overseas is that you really pay attention to prices. I've, uh, I think I moved quite a bit of money over uh, just after Christmas, so I, not I didn't get hit too much with the exchange rate going down a lot lately, but I was able to uh, sort of hedge against that. But again, if I have to move money soon, we're going to be in. Uh, Little bit of trouble here as uh, the exchange rate is really taking me out. So, that's been one project is to figure out a little more about how markets work and how to hedge against these things a little better. So, and that's been taking up quite a bit of my time. Also, I've been working on a finance related project at work, and uh, that's also required me to learn and read quite a bit. So Project number one. Project number two is I'm trying to discover different ways to learn kanji better. I realized a little while ago that most of the kanji books and kanji programs on the internet, uh, I can think of the kanji dictionary that I have for my DS. I can think of, uh, there's a book I saw called Kanji in Context. uh, Haysig's book uh, was it called? Remembering the kanji. I'm looking at it right now. I have kan- Kanji de Manga, which teaches kanji through manga. I have uh, my I have two different kanji books: Basic Kanji Book that I took with my level three Japanese class, and a Reading and Writing Total Japanese Kanji Book that I took with my level one class. Um, there's Kanji Box on Facebook. I mean, and I have um, flashcards on my on my Mac too. I started thinking about this the other day. Why do I have all of these different types of kanji books and ways of learning and memorizing kanji? Well, I realized each book does something slightly different that I enjoy, but no book does something that I want. So I'm I'm wondering if anybody knows of a a flashcard-type product or a learning system that does this. And if you do, please let me know on on the blog and on the comment site. Um... I try to remember kanji in in extreme context and by that I try to remember the meaning, where it is in a word and what pronunciation is being used, what reading is being used um all in one. So what I would like to do is focus on a specific kanji and see well what words are this kanji what words are um what we hash says what words contain this kanji and um, what words does this kanji appear as the the uh, first character, and how are all those words related? And in what words does this kanji appear in the last character, and how are the, all of those words related? Because you'll find that many different kanji have uh, duplicate meanings um, that are used in many similar words. Um, one set I can think of is genjitsu and jitsugen, which is reality, and realization, and they both use the same characters, but they're in different orders. So, being able to understand, you know, uh, jitsu is truth, and then see jitsu again and be able to see that together, and then sort of flip to genjitsu and see it the other way around would be really interesting. Also, being able to see like jitsu and all the other different combinations of that kanji, all having a slight meaning of of truth, um, would I think really help the learning process for a kanji learner. So. I'm trying to figure out ways to, to to find to to support that type of learning method, and uh, I have so far been unsuccessful. So there's a big gap there. Um, but again, if, if somebody else or another listener knows of of a, of a method that does that effectively, please let me know. And uh, if there isn't something, maybe we'll just have to develop something. So that's been project number two. So those things have been keeping me quite busy lately, as well as uh spending lots of time with Linda and also now working full time so such is the life but uh let's move beyond my life and let's move in let's move into something that perhaps is a little more interesting, although not to the uh person who reviewed this for the uh Japan podcasters award. We're going to move over to a drink review and in honor of this review we're going to actually play a little bit of louis armstrong since the other night i was coming home completely stressed out from everything that's been going on and uh oh not to not to mention the uh the visa issues and doing taxes and a whole bunch of logistical things that have kept me busy which will end up being episode 60 so hang on to your hats for that one um while i <laughs> was going through all that work i just put this on the train one day and it made things just go away so let's go to some uh, louis armstrong just for a quick moment and we'll move right into the drink review uh, that alex and i did of kamakura beer So, hey everybody, what's up? here again with Alex yet again. What's going on, Alex? What's going on? Today we are, uh... Well, actually, I just came back from Kamakura today. And I was telling my friend, like, every time I go to a new place, I want to try and find new drinks. And I found this, um, beer called Kamakura Beer. And it's made by Amamura. I think that's what it's called. Uh, Imamura, sorry. And, uh, they have three different kinds here. We're going to try two of them here tonight. So, and these actually come in bottles, which you don't really see much in Japan. There we go, man. Looks... I like the bottle cap. Got like yeah, the bottle cap's got a nice design. Little yeah. turtle on the top. This is Shonen Traditional Ale Beer. And, uh, let's see here. What can we say about this? If you want to know more, you can go to www.kamakura-beer.co.jp. This is a 330 milliliter bottle. Looks like the standard, like American-sized bottle, though. Though it's not filled up to the top. You know that? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. This is a little fatter than the usual American one, isn't it? More squat. Yeah, I mean. it could be. Their label says they've been making beer since 1998. <laughs> this is relatively new <laughs> Which is relatively new But um, we have tonight the brown ale And what is it you have over there? The pale ale What does it say? Way at the bottom Here? Right above that, right there pale. Oh, Okay. Yeah. The letters are really far apart though. Yeah, I wonder So, I don't know, here goes Hmm. It's pretty good. The brown ale is um what you would expect. It's it's a darker kind of ale. It reminds me a lot of like a um Hmm. It kind of it kind of reminds me of a Sam Adams Dark. But it's it's a little sweeter and it's not as um not as thick. I could say. But it's a pretty good brown ale in terms of regular beer. I mean, the stuff they carry in the convenience store, I don't think they really have a brown ale in no. the convenience store. So you want to try this one? I don't currently have a cold or anything, so it should be fine. What do you think? Dude? Hmm. Yeah, this one's pretty good, actually. It reminds me of something, but I can't put my finger on it. Uh, And there's a beer that's almost exactly like it. I don't think it's a... It's kind of like the... Oh, God, it has a yellow label. It's in the States. A yellow label? Yeah. It's going to come to me later. Hmm. Anyway. It's not bad. I mean, in terms of, like, Japanese beer, it's been so long since I've had a dark ale, so I think maybe, um, my taste buds might be a little unaccustomed to it, so I'm like, wow, this is great! (laughs) Could be. Yeah. So, so moving on, the, the pale ale here, the Kamakura beer pale ale, what, uh, what do you think there? I don't know. It's, um... It's okay, but I don't know if, we're, if it's that good for pale ale. Compared to like like Bass or something. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's quite as good. I also should say that each of these beers, I think, were about 400 yen, somewhere around there. Mm. So, you also have to think about, it, there's also a, a price issue in there, too, I guess. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a good six-pack of brown ale in the States for a well, while, like, eight or nine dollars mm. Mm. it kind of reminds me of, of Yingling though but not as good it's got that same sort of like it's got a weird tinge to it like a sweet tinge it, actually both of these beer do you know, both of these beer both of these beers <laughs> have <laughs> can't you know. talk been speaking Japanese all day with no plurals, so <laughs> uh, both of these beers have pretty much the same taste. It's just, it seems like the brown is stronger. Yeah, the brown, you get that kind of taste in the back of your Yeah, like, like a little, like, almost like a, like a little chocolate or something in the back. Yeah. Mm. Definitely like the brown better. Same beer. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess in, I'd have to give this, uh... Three saws, because um, just because I haven't had a a good brown ale in a while, and uh, kind of enjoy this here. Sounds like the the pale ale is going to be less than that, huh? Yeah, definitely, Mm -hmm. maybe one. One saw. Wow. The thing is, like, where would you buy this outside of Kamakura? Probably nowhere. Nowhere. I haven't seen this anywhere else. It's in a lot of the gift shops, Hmm. Um, but ironically, or or strangely, I should say, it's in gift shops but in the refrigerator like they actually have it refrigerated ready ready to go so it's not like a gift thing where you take it somewhere and then drink it I guess they expect you to just drink it right there so but there you go that's the Kamakura beer Um, nothing to write home about per se but if you're in the mood for a good brown ale and you're in Kamakura go ahead and and pick one up (laughs) you can find them anywhere so Cool, man. Well, thanks again, as always. Uh, Well, thanks for the beer. Hey, no problem. Well, the beer time's over, so that means, uh, (laughs) looks like the episode is done. Uh want to thank Alex again uh, for a great beer review. We we have one other thing that we have to do on deck. Maybe maybe I'll even get it done tonight. We'll see. I'm going to talk to him, see if he wants to do it. But that's a, a wine-in-a-box review. But this is wine-in-a-juice box, which i uh, <laughs> not really sure how, how good it will be. But hopefully we'll get a, another good review in there. Um, but before we go, I'm going to leave you with a fairly unique sound. Uh, Linda and I were on the train the other day, I think coming back from I- Ikegami Bayin, uh, the park near Kamata. Uh, and we were on the Osaka line, and one of these trains had such a amazingly interesting sound that I had to call it the saxophone train. And I just had to take the recorder out and get the saxophone train for everybody on tape here. So in order to close out the episode, I'm going to give you the saxophone train... And then the closing music here. So I hope you all have enjoyed this episode. And it feels good to be back on the horse. Uh, Unapologetically, I've enjoyed the uh, month off from all you guys. But I am looking forward to using up some of these other sounds here and bringing you some more episodes real soon. Uh, Episode 60 will be all about visas. So if you're interested in what a visa is and all the trials and tribulations of someone trying to get a visa... Stay tuned for episode 60. If not, I just hope you enjoy the ride anyway. Take care, everyone. Bye.